Hello, and welcome to the Oracle of Light. I'm Shauna DeMellon. I'm a lifelong medium and certified life coach. And making the connection with the afterlife has brought me the greatest joy. Since losing my son, Jack, I have navigated grief, heartache, and despair. And it was through connecting with my son on the other side that my heart began to heal and I was able to find joy and meaning in my life again. Now, I'm inviting you into this space as I explore the afterlife, the grieving process, and rebuilding after loss. If you'd like to discover the spirit world and how to move through the loss of a loved one or child, you have come to the right place. This is the Oracle of Light. Welcome to the Oracle of Light. I am your host, Shauna DeMellon, and today I have the beautiful Dominique Rice with me today. I'm so, so excited to have this conversation with you. And like I said, uh, you know, went down the rabbit hole somewhere on social media through Instagram, and it was just like, who is this person? Oh my gosh. And I just... I just loved your vulnerability and I loved your story and your energy and your essence. And it was just so beautiful. So I had to reach out. And of course, because you're in New York, right? It's on my bucket list. Everybody knows. They laugh at me. They're like, why do you have pictures of New York everywhere? I'm like, because I'm going to go there. It's on my yes. list. So yeah, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. I'm so excited for our conversation. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the sacred space. I really appreciate all that you're doing to create sacred space and and speaking about such an important um, platform. So Thank you. Aww, thank you. Thank you for being here. Now, would you share share your story with us? And I know that I know that Mondays are very important for you. So you'll have to share, you have to share why Mondays are extra special. Yes. Yeah. So um today is March 13th. It's a Monday. And Mondays are my TJ's day. And um I should also um, share first and foremost, I um consider myself on social media, TJ's mama, um, stillbirth, um, stillbirth, uh, mama fighting for light. So, um, I, um, as Shauna mentioned, we connected on Instagram and through the beautiful, um, life of TJ and TJ is my second child. And we, um, had a beautiful pregnancy that was, um, quote unquote, uneventful, um, until unfortunately it was not, um, till it was too late. Um, he had, um, he was stillborn and it was a preventable stillbirth and we were pregnant for 36 and a half weeks. Um, and May 29th, 2017, which is, um, Memorial day, um, in the States, um, I went into labor and at the time I didn't think anything um, was wrong. I thought the worst thing that I had, um, uh, the worst thing at the time was that I didn't have a sweater for him because, um, I, I didn't think that he was supposed to be born, um, a month later. So I quickly packed everything up and went to the hospital. And it was there that I heard the most horrific words. Um, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. And, um, after, um, being in birth, it was, I, I was in labor. Um, I met the most beautiful, 
beautiful little boy that looked just like his um, older sister and looked just like his dad. Um, all of TJ's siblings look just like his dad, um, just like their dad. I know. And I'm like, great, you know, thanks. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. And um, TJ has completely transformed my life. He mm-hmm. has helped me um, navigate through life as a griever, as a mother to both dead and living children. And it has, um, through his life and death, I've learned to have the strength to dismantle a lot of stigma that is associated with grief, um, that's associated with being a stillbirth uh, parent. Um, and a lot of that has transformed into the platform that I have on Instagram on being an unapologetic griefer. It has taken me a long time to come to this point, but I have found my voice to, um, I found my voice, my power that, that TJ gives me, that he's given me all along, um, uh, since, you know, the day that we, uh, found out we were pregnant. Um, and it's this unapologetic truth, this, this energy that, that helps drive me on some of the harder days that helps give me the courage to, um, give voice to some of the most, the, the depth of that is grief, right? Because we know it's not linear. And I hope that, you know, as I, um, open up my heart on Instagram primarily, um, or some of the articles that I write, that I can really help dismantle this fictitious stigma of what grief looks like, or what a grieving parent should look like, or a grieving loved one should look like. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit about me and, uh, and my TJ. Um, Amazing. Thank you. And you know, and it's, it's so true. It's, there's so much out there around the grieving process and what that looks like. And, you know, some people say there are five stages and some people say there are seven and some, da, 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 and it should look like this and it should look like that. And I know there are different categories of grief. I can't remember what it's called. There's a new category of grief. It's, it's, um, um, there's something that it's like when someone is grieving and grieving and grieving and they haven't been able to release whatever it is, there's actually a, something that came up here in, in Canada. Someone was diagnosed with, with this, this type like of like a terminal grief or some, something like something that, like that. that. Yeah, grieved grief. <laughs> that fires me up every time I hear about it. I know, right? I'm kind of going, what are you doing? Like, what is that? And so it's, it's interesting because when I, you know, when I lost Jack, it was just, it was like, nobody wanted to talk about it. Nobody yeah. really wanted to say. And some people said ridiculously hurtful things. You know, they would say, well, you know, thankfully you have Emma, you have your living child. Oh yeah. Well, you know, you're young enough. You could, you could, you could maybe try again, try again. a surrogate, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you could adopt, you know, and it yeah. was, just, it was like, no one created a sacred safe place for me to honor my loss. I will always be Jack's mom. Always. He didn't come into the physical and, 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 you know, it, it is what it is for me. And, but I always tell people, you know, I'm 10 years into my, my grief, I'm 10 years into my loss. And so I've been able to reconcile it. And, and there are still days that I get triggered. And there's still days where I'm like, oh, I would give anything to have him here just to hold him. And it, you know, it's interesting because 
it got to the point where it was like, I didn't want to share with anybody that I'd lost a child because they just give you a weird look and then they don't know what to oh, say. Yeah. And then it's awkward. And then they say something stupid and it's like, oh, you just, you just made it worse. Right. Or the, oh, yeah. you know, you'll just get over it. Oh right? yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh, I would just be like, oh yeah, I have to leave now. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you've, you've heard these things as well. I've heard a lot of them and it's, I have now, I think specifically within the past three years, I, I have channeled my anger to the unapologetic truth, um, aspect of my life in regards to making sure that now I'm not going to hold other people's discomfort over my discomfort that I live with every single minute of the day. That yes. And um, it takes time to figure that out. I mean, some people are able to carry that with them like immediately when their child dies and some people aren't. And um, that's why I share so openly now because it is absolutely unacceptable for a grieving individual to put other people's comfort um, at a higher priority than theirs. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Like, that's like, that's like a mic drop there for me. That's just like, <laughs> wow. I'm. It, it, that is, that is so, so important and so relevant. And it's, um, you know, and it's interesting. I always say to people, you know, it's like Brene Brown. She says, you know, people have to earn the right to hear your story. Yes. And I always, I, I wish I knew that 10 years ago, but it was yes. just, I would just be like, just so heartbroken. And I mean, my story was a little bit different. I mean, losing Jack was, that was the beginning of the end of my marriage. And not that a child can save a marriage or put it back together or, or, you know, we can't, you can't shift that. And so I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. Like my husband at the time was like, and just focus on focus on work. And I swear, I, you know, probably baked 10,000 cupcakes in those years after Jack, because I didn't even know how to begin to process it. And I didn't even know, I didn't know who to talk to. My doctor wanted to put me on antidepressants. She said, go talk to a psychologist. And, and I started to talk to somebody and I ended up feeling even worse. And it was, yeah. it was because they, they weren't able to acknowledge that it, it's a real loss. Like he's, he's a, part of me. He always will be. And, you know, we talk about women who, you know, have miscarriages, you know, they have uh, PTSD, you know, and we're just starting to yeah. get more of the statistics around what happens to a woman when she loses a child. And I mean, it's, it's devastating. It is devastating. And there are not enough words, like I said, not enough words to describe it. There are not enough emotions. And then the thing that I think really got me was that the cognitive therapy is only 20%. 80% is, you know, in the physical body and how the body is feeling and, and the energetics that go with it. And there's such a healing component to all of it. So I love talk therapy. I think it's fantastic. I think for women that have had this kind of a loss, it's traumatic and there's so much more to it. There's, there's so much to it. There's trauma, there's love, there is, mm -hmm. um, there it's, it's not just one moment yeah. and not unfortunately as horrific as, as this is not until you're actually in it. Can you understand the depth of it? So that's why having the support of someone that actually can relate is so important when you're looking at therapy um, because 
um, from a from a um, medical standpoint, they'll throw the the stages at you, and the stages are are ridiculous. They were not meant to support the true, the actual griever themselves, the person that has someone that has ex- has died. Um, and it's it's also fueled me once again to make sure that it's clear that um, even though I my TJ died and he was stillborn and we had 36 and a half weeks pregnant um, together, um, it's important for individuals to know that you know whether you have law, um, if your child has has died within the first weeks or 40 weeks plus that your love your your grief that you hold is you're entitled to that. Yes. And you're entitled to that. And no one, no, no death is at a hierarchy or anything like that. Um, and that you um, have the right to share them at whatever capacity you would like. So going back to the same Brene Brown concept, you are the one that is the keeper of your love and you don't have to prove anything to anyone, whether you're grieving out loud or whether you're grieving it a little bit closer to your heart. Yes. Um, and that's very important as, as well, you know. It really is. You know, and my girlfriend, Erin, um, um, she came up with this analogy about a month ago. She said, you know, you know, we kind of have this 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 crunchy, hard exterior that we show the outer world. You know, we have boundaries and, you know, we show up to work and we, sh- you know, we just have that. And then she said, you know, we've got these gooey, these gooey soft bits inside and she said, it's, I think it's really important that we have the right people that can hold those, that can yes. hold space for that. And, you know, I have lost other loved ones. You know, I've lost so many other loved ones in this lifetime, but losing a child is so different. I mean, it's just those stages of grief, they, they don't even, don't even talk to me about that. You know what I mean? Like I was just... Yeah. I was so angry. I was angry at God. I was angry at myself. Yeah. Where is my faith? How could this happen? I was just angry at everyone. And then the anger would just oscillate between that. And then it was just, okay, I just need to survive. And how do I work through this? And and what do I need to do? And I sort of stumbled through it and sort of figured out, okay, um, I can't talk to you about it. I can't talk to you about it. I found some books. I spent a lot of time just sitting with it. And I think in sitting with it, I understood what I needed and what that could possibly look like for other people. And what I always love to say to the women that I work with is that, um, you know, losing a child, you're you're not only losing that sweet soul to be here in the physical, you're also the dreams and the life and yeah. having that child as part of your family and watching them grow up, watching them, watching the first and, and you know, watching them become the best version of themselves. And, and so yeah. there's so much more that we lose when we lose a child. A hundred percent. And one of the first things that I thought, I remember just being in that hospital bed thinking, I will never see him get married as something as like, you know, and that's reality. So it's, it's for me, it's not ever, um, something that, that I will ever heal from. And that's why for, for, I'm so very clear that healing is not something that all people strive for, that you have to strive for as a, as a griever. It's more so learning how to hold it. Mm-hmm. And I am angry and I simply channel my anger in a different way. Um, but I think you, you also mentioned a, a few things. It's, it's the loss or the death 
of so much, uh, not just within the immediate. It can be family afterwards. It could also be friends who can't hold that space that you mentioned, or even partners, because whether or not you have a partner, it is you grieve completely different. Yes. And um, that can that 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 difference can if there's no respect there for for the way that each other processes that's you know you you can break up people can break up immediately or years afterwards oh, it's yeah. one of the most difficult um it's it's a death to so much it's a death to mm-hmm. so much it's not just linear <laughs> really it is right and I love what you said there I mean it's just you know, I found same thing, you know, like relationships shifted and changed and people didn't know what to say and they didn't reach out. And, um, you know, they would just sort of brush it off. They just didn't want to even talk about it. And, you know, I I joke with people that, you know, for those first few years, I didn't wear mascara because I never knew when I was going to be triggered. I'd be out somewhere and I'd hear a mother call Jack and I'd be like, oh God, here it is. And I would just be like a, a mess. And to not have, you know, my spouse, that I could share that with my, you know, my spouse at the time, he was, you know, yeah, it just wasn't meant to be. All right. What are we having for supper? And it was just like, wow, okay. You can't hold space for me. So it was interesting because then it was also, I also grieved who I was before Jack. Yeah. I was never going to be that version of me again. No. Mm -mm. I look at pictures even and you know, it's the pictures of the before me, the before grief me is just so very different. So that's also another evolution that you have to like process um, in this new life as a griefer, you know? It's true. And and I like what you said earlier. I mean, there are some women that I know who have had um, a miscarriage or they've, you know, they've lost a child and then right away, you know, they've given themselves time and then boom, within that six months or a year, it's like, we're pregnant again and we're doing this. And it's just like, oh, I wish I was wired like that. Maybe it's because I'm a Pisces. I don't know. But it's just like, I just, I couldn't. And, you know, for those first few years, I was in such shock. Like one minute mm-hmm. he was there, the next minute he wasn't. I was like, what do you mean? He's, what do you mean? What, oh God. And that was, that was the one opportunity. And it was just like, I couldn't even begin to process that. And so, like I said, I threw myself into volunteering at the school for my daughter and I baked 10,000 cupcakes and I, I looked at everything I possibly could to not have to look at. I couldn't even begin to sit with it. And then I actually had a reading with a medium. I was guided to have this reading and I said, uh, you know, the first thing out of her mouth was, well, have you connected with the Jack? And I said, no, I can't feel him. I can't see him. I, I don't know where he went. And as a medium, you know, people would say to me, well, what's the big deal? You can connect. And I couldn't, like he was gone. I don't, I, it was just, it was so devastating, spiritually angry. I was angry at everyone and everything. Yeah. So in this reading, she's like, well, look up. And so I look up and there's this angel walking and this beautiful angels walking in and she's holding hands with this little three-year-old boy. And I look and I was like, oh. Oh my God, you're, you're, it's you. Oh. And it's like, he was brought back to me and that connection was reestablished and strengthened. And then it was from that moment that I could begin to grieve him because I didn't know where he was there. I just was in such shock and such probably denial and so much anger and resentment and just, well, I should have done this and I should have done this sooner. And how come this and da, 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 and all the guilt and all the stuff. And so again, I didn't go through stages of grief. Yeah. And, and I love what you said, like, this isn't something that I will ever get over. I'm 10 years in and it still hurts. It, and I don't yeah. imagine that that's going to go away. I'm never going to forget that. It's just, it's always. No. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, you mentioned a lot of different things there too. It's, it's connection that, you know, I think when 
as I've had the opportunity to meet so many in this space, um, connection takes time. Yes. Connection takes time. And there's no one is doing it r- right. There's no doing it right. You're, you're, it's a, your own time where yeah. you can find different ways to connect. And I mean, even now we're approaching six years of um, TJ's uh, d- birth and death, and I still haven't had a dream with him. Mm-hmm. And that's, I hope one day that it does happen sooner, but you know, I have, um, I've learned to channel from different signs and I hope that that continues to expand, but that doesn't mean that it necessarily happens all day, every day. And, and I think it's also important to share that here in in this space, because I think it's, you know, so many can be hard on themselves if they don't, if they haven't found that connection yet, or if they don't see that sign. Um, And, um, you know, I think that that's, uh, that's a big piece. And if you're still angry, that's, that's okay too, because this is, it's, it is awful, but yet we try and hold on to the different mm-hmm. aspects of things so that we can try and find a relationship. And I think that aspect that I'd love to kind of highlight is my TJ, he died in, in the physical sense, physical realm, but I parent him still in my physical sense. And he is, we still have that connection. I envision him as growing to be a six-year-old. Like he should be, he will be that six-year-old this month. And that's how I visualize him as he gets older. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that, that works for me. And that's how, that's how I envision him and see our connection. Yes. Um, And I love, uh, I love that because, you know, people always say to me, I tell people, you know, I see Jackie's a 10 year old running around, you know, like I just, I, I see him growing up and, and, and that was, um, that is the, the, the cornerstone of my work is, is around my loss with Jack and it's, you know, it's growing up in heaven. Like I see him, he's growing up in heaven. Yes. He isn't here in the physical, but he's 100% alive in spirit. And I love, I love the idea of signs. And I always, just a little side note, have asked TJ to wake you up, ask him to come into your dreams and ask him to wake you up. And so keep asking that and keep practicing with that. I find that that really helps. Um, Cause yeah, oftentimes they will come in, but we're in such a deep sleep and sometimes we wake up and there may be a little bit of a whisper, but it's, Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. But yeah, we ask the loved ones to wake us up and it's like, sometimes Jack will scare the living bejesus out of me. I'll just be like in the middle of the night. Oh, what's going on? It's like, hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> you told me to wake you up. Yes, yes, I did. Thank you. Maybe in a gentle way. <laughs> Maybe not, you know, throwing heart rocks at me or something like that. Like it's just, it's so much fun. So that's just, just a little tidbit. And I will take all the tips I can get. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> and I love that, you know, and, and when I teach mediumship, at the end of each each client session, I always I always let um, my client know what their signs are from their loved one, from their child, and and same thing with with the classes. I just I find that I find that the signs are just like the sprinkles from heaven. It's it's giving us that hope and it's that instant connection that we know mm, that connection is always there. That love never dies. That 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 little sweetheart is going to be there all the time. And I just I absolutely love that. And it's you know I, it's funny I found. The first heart rock I found, it was just, I froze and I looked at it and it was just like, it looks like a heart. And I picked it up and I instantly felt this twinge in my heart. And it was like, oh, that's you. Oh my God, that's you. That's amazing. It was just like, oh my gosh, more, please, more. Like this, it just, then it became a game. We went out for a hike once. I don't know if I told you this. We went out for a hike once and I said, mama needs her heart rock. Okay, thanks. And so we, I, I love that. 
we drive out, I ask, I'm like, Hey, I need some signs. Let's do this. And, and you can do that with your child as well. Hey, I would love, let me know that you're here. Show me that you're here. Show me you're here. Show me you're here. And it was so fascinating. And that day we found like 15. It's like, I, I could hear Jack laughing. He's like, ha ha, there's another one. I'd be like, what? And I'd look and I took pictures of them all. And there were 15 that day. And it was just like, oh my goodness. Like just it, so amazing, right? So amazing when we can have that connection and it just, yeah. Another thing. So thank you for sharing that. Cause I think, you know, I, I try to ask for something and be very specific yeah. in addition to that um say thank acknowledging so acknowledging in the process to give them you know their their encouragement as well and you know the thing that i also try and do once again on social media is share it forward so i if i do see something i also try and share it and then um now being in the social media space i actually have people will see his sign and share it to me Aww. and, and has been uplifting because some days, you know, I don't see, I don't receive signs all day, every day. Like I mentioned, right. I wish I could, but um, it's other people that will see these signs and will give them, send them my way. And I'm just like, thank you for, you know, TJ, like stopping by and, you know, sending it that way. And I, you know, I think that that's um, also Another aspect of grief that I try and dismantle as well that, you know, we try and remove the whole lizard brain that we have of, yes. oh, this can't be real. <laughs> they can't be little sneaky individuals in, in, in this realm that they're in and try and mm-hmm. communicate with each other, or other people that we're connected <laughs> with yeah. um, to try and, and share the love or validate their love for us. Oh, absolutely. And it's, um, yeah, you know, and, and making that connection again is is you know what it what it's what brought me back to life. Like I yeah. I was never suicidal, but I didn't want to be here. Same. I didn't want to be here without him. It was like this is not how this is supposed to happen, right? And so it was just um yeah, it was it was really, really interesting to start to work through that because it was okay, well, I I just I how do I live without him? How do I live without him here? And then after I made that connection again with him and and just the connection was there it was just you know i was just so deeply in grief that i wasn't able to experience him or feel him and what's interesting i always love to share this with people is um it's something called the consciousness scale so david hawkins he came up with the consciousness scale and so they measured different emotional states and so at the top of the scale i i don't have a picture to show you um at the top of the scale is say 700 and that would be like mother teresa so someone who has completely eradicated their ego they live from unconditional love they've they're completely enlightened then we come down to 500 is the level of love and then we come down the very bottom of the scale is 20 and that is shame and above shame is 70 and that is grief so for us to manifest and to feel joy and to live an abundant, fulfilled, thriving life, we need to be closer to 500. That's the vibration of miracles. That's a vibration of love. That's the vibration that our, our sweethearts on the other side are vibrating at. And so I love to tell people, you know, you're not doing anything wrong. It's just your grief. It's like a hot air balloon. It's like if, if a hot air balloon hasn't lifted off the ground yet, then we need to release, you know, the sandbags. We need to release yeah. the weights. We need to find a way to work through that. And, you know, by working through our grief and our mourning and, and the messiness and all of it, eventually we come to a place where we can raise our vibration, our energy up, and it makes it 
easier to make that connection. And like, I will just do a little bit of, you know, mediumship one-on-one here. (laughs) When, if you imagine when you walk into a room and you flick the light switch, how quickly that current runs to illuminate the light in the room, that's how fast our children's energy is moving on the other side in spirit. And so if our energy is here, it's dense. We're here in this reality. We have this physical body. We are grieving. Maybe we're angry. We have all of these different lower emotions that are literally weighing us down. And so the work that I do is helping people to look at the grief and find ways to start to lift that up and find things that, you know, bring you joy again and start to really raise your vibration. And then we can come up a little bit closer and it makes it easier to make that connection and experience our children on the other side. And so I have a lot of mothers that say, well, I I can't. I can't experience them and it doesn't happen for me. And I wish I could get signs. And, you know, I always love to give that little bit of a little bit of a snippet as to how the energies work. So then it can kind of, you know, let the, let it, let it off a little bit, let that, you know, that pressure off themselves a little bit and just start to have fun with it and continue to invite, Hey, you know what? I would love, I'd love a heart rock today. I haven't seen a heart rock today. And I love what you said. I had someone who came to me a few months ago and said, I found something at work. I don't know. This is kind of weird. And I said, well, what is it? I found a heart rock and I thought you might like it. And I was like, Aw. and you know, she said, as soon as I picked it up, I, I just felt happy. And I said, that's Jack. That's my Jack. And I said, that is just, that's so beautiful. So I love that, right? Like people will share that as well and, and feel his, his essence and feel the joy that that brings me and, and to, you know, share that forward and, and let other people experience that. It's just, it's just so incredible. So incredible. it's the love energy. And I think you, you also mentioned like the, so on this consciousness, consciousness scale, um, you know, the, the one thing that, that pops out at me is, is shame. So it can, there can be a lot of shame in this space as well, because specifically if, um, for, for those, um, in the pregnancy loss, pregnancy death space, because you're always asking yourself, could I have done something different? In my case, I found out that that TJ's death was preventable. I found that out um, a year and a half ago. And, but even before I actually truly knew the the reason behind his death, I knew that something was off and it's like following, you know, I, I always, um, I've had to work through removing the shame of, um, I could, I should have listened to my intuition. Yes. I should have done this. I should have done that. I could yes. have saved him. And that's something that I will forever have to process. I have to, I consciously know that I have to work through that, yes. but I think it's, it's really trying to not stay on that level yes. and hold on to one of the other levels, right? That that really just focuses on the love because we can't, I can't do anything about the shame other than you're going to hear the New York sirens in the background. Oh, yay. Um, <laughs> so go figure. I'm this so is, excited. This means TJ saying, yeah, this is a you're big like, hey, point. Watch out. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do anything about that other than using my voice, the energy that TJ has given me mm-hmm. to create awareness of preventable stillbirth. Yes. Create the awareness of grief and remove the shame that's associated with grief that you're not here on this level of grief or the stage of grief. Like that's where I try and channel my shame a meter and move that is like I, I can't do anything about it, but but move it forward and try and dismantle and create awareness so that someone else hopefully won't go through this horrific stillbirth experience that I have. Of course. Um, of course. 
Would you or, sit in their grief by themselves thinking that they're crazy when they're not crazy? You just exactly. love and you you're love. You know. It is right. And, you know, and I always tell women that it's, you know, the, the, the grief and the heartache, it, it, it means that there's love there. I mean, mm-hmm. if, you didn't, if you didn't have that profound love for that child, you wouldn't feel the grief and the pain to that depth. I said, you yes, just wouldn't. Um, yes. Would you share a little bit more with us about the preventable stillbirth? There was yeah. it last time there was there was a, a percentage that in the United States. Yeah. yeah. So it's about over 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 50 percent is preventable stillbirth. Um, so that essentially means that there could have been um certain protocols that you could have become aware of to save your child. So for, for us, we learned that TJ had a small placenta based on his birth weight. Um, you can measure um, uh, an infant's placenta when in your utero, just similar to like your um, scans that you have um, while you're pregnant, but it's an additional step. It's called estimated placental volume. It can be done through an MRI or some additional um, scanning, but I wasn't aware of that. I didn't realize that um, I should have advocated for an additional um scan as well during my care. Um, and then another aspect of, of prevention is, is really at the root of it being connected to your, your child's, um, um, movement. So understanding what their patterns are. Mm -hmm. So at about 23 weeks pregnant, you should start feeling your, your, um, infant kick, um, and, and starting to have some movements and really by, once you start feeling up about like 25 weeks, you can start establishing a pattern of their movements. And there are certain um, platforms that you can actually use um, to monitor their kit counting, um, such as uh, kit counting is a tool that I um, am, am a big fan of. And it's a free app that, that you can use. And so really, um, those 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 very basic basic in re- in sense of always having a sense of awareness of movement with your child mm-hmm. can really be a critical um, life saving um, tool to have for your child. So, um, although it was TJ's my second child, I didn't I was never told by my practitioner why I should be monitoring my count, my, my kicks, my movement with my, with my TJ. And, um, had I have been monitoring that or been informed to monitor that I could have gone to the labor and delivery, um, a lot sooner. I could have tried to advocate for additional scans, but I just wasn't educated at that time with that type of information. And those are the, the key areas that I try to amplify from an awareness and an advocacy standpoint. And a lot of the work that I do with Push for Empowered Pregnancy, um, that is our mission to um, uh, decrease the stillbirth rates by uh, by 30%, hopefully by 2030. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is awareness. A lot of that is um, educating um, pregnant um, individuals that this still, in fact, can happen in 2023. Mm-hmm. As much as we never thought that this horrific occurrence can happen. And it's one of the highest, one of the highest um, aspects of um, death um, in regards to um, uh, when, you're, when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. 
right? So this is something, or even just, just as, as an infant, like, so it's higher than SIDS, it's higher than, you know, all these other things that we've been informed about, like, and, and we find out that it's majority of it is preventable. So we have a lot of work to do, but, but, um, my fantastic parents at push for empowered pregnancy are really on the front lines of creating advocacy. Mm, I love that. I love that. It is, it is, it's vital. I mean, 50%, 50%. And you mentioned earlier about the shame. I mean, it just, it would be, I imagine it would be, it would be uh, cathartic almost to learn that, oh, if I'd had that information that perhaps we could have had a different outcome. And yeah. And then to, to sit with that and, and to move it forward and to share that information as, as, as much and as often and as loud as we possibly can, I think it's just, it's just, it's vital. It's so, so important, so important. And again, I just, I love that, that it's, you're just unapologetic. This is it. And you're putting it out there and you're talking about it. And, and it's just such a beautiful sacred space that you've created for people to know that they're not alone. I think that's, that's so important. I think a lot of women have these experiences and then the doctor will say, well, you know, your body will take care of it and it's fine. And, you know, you can try again or the da 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 da. And it's just, again, they, it, there's yeah. no, there's no acknowledgement that this is a, a real loss. This is 100%. Mm-hmm. And even like the verbiage that the medical system uses um, isn't accurate. This mm-hmm. is a child. His name was TJ. Yes. You know, this was Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, a very much loved child. And so for those listening here today, I'm sorry if someone did not name your child or someone from the medical community did not name your child or mentioned, referred to them as the fetus or the demise. And, you know, all of these terms that are not factual or or can capture the depth of our love for them, you know, they matter. They do. They matter. And, you know, over the years I've had, I've had so many women who have come to me and, and there's this soul of this baby and, you know, they're, they're just blown away. And it's just like, oh my gosh. And it's beautiful that you mentioned that because, you know, I'll tell them, you know, you can do a little ceremony and you can name that child. Like, it's just, it's, that's, that's it's never too late. And it's, it's also, you know, and also um, recognizing various cultures, um, even if it is a full term child, sometimes they do not name them. Um, and so there's a lot of different things that individuals um, will go through based on their culture. Um, so it's never too late to do a ceremony, a naming ceremony, or to, you know, reclaim some aspect of their birth and death. It's true, right? Like, and it's, it, it, I hate to use the word, but it's the only word that I can think of, but it's like normalizing it. Yes. Like this doesn't have to be something that's pushed aside or brushed aside or ignored. It's, you know, it's, and, and, you know, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, everyone grieves differently. You know, some people are just loud and proud and they're on podcasts and they're on social media and they're telling everybody and, and that's how your tribe will find you. And whereas other people, it's, it's something tucked away in their heart and they don't want to talk about it. Um, and that's okay. And, you know, it's interesting. My, um, my grandmother, she um, had had stillborn 
uh, I don't, I, I believe it was one or two babies that were stillborn. And after the second baby that she had lost, um, I remember family members saying she was never the same. And then oh, every yeah, you year, can. every year around the anniversary of that, that child's death, um, she would, she wouldn't talk to anybody for about a month. And she was just so heartbroken and no one ever asked her, Hey, how are you doing? What's happening? They, of course. they just say she's having, she's in one of her moods. Of course. She's, of course. She's oh, she's mood. just depressed or, you yeah. know, and it's, <laughs> and that's why I, I, I hope that I can give voice to someone else to never feel like they have to be quiet about the depth of their reality Mm-hmm. of their heartbreak, of their grief, of yeah. their parenting, um, a child that is dead. And, you know, I, I hope that it stops with our, the silence stops with our generation. I hope that's my hope. Yeah. That's my driving force. Mm-hmm. And yeah. because the previous generation talked about the generations before did not talk about the depth of, of grief. And, and, you know, I think, you know, I, I hear from so many people and, 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 and hear them just say, thank you for, for letting me know I'm not alone. Because once again, the cultural aspect, so many people don't, don't know. They don't, and they don't want to know. They, they choose to look away. Yes. They don't want to know. Exactly. No, they don't want to know. And sometimes that means also a death to family, additional death to family, additional death to friendships, additional death, you know, and I think that that's important. Anytime that we talk about this, this is not linear. It's so, so deep. It is so deep. And, you know, and and even the impact, um, you know, with Emma, I mean, one day she she came to me and she said, am I not having a brother? And I said, well, sweetheart, he's, he's here. He's, he's just, he's not going to be in, in mama's tummy. That's all. But he's still here. We can still feel him and talk to him. And she said, Okay. And so it was, it was, you know, it was, it was a difficult conversation to have with her. I mean, before that she had her big sister t-shirt and she was like, I have yes. a book to read to him and we're going to go to Disney world and we're going to do this and, and da, 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 and, and I'm going to teach him how to ride a bike. And so he was already a part of our world, part of our family. And then to have that loss, it was just, it just, it was just never the same, just never the same. And, you know, again, I, you know, people that say, you know, just, you'll get over it. It'll get easier in time. Da, 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 da. And it's just like, it's still there. There was, um, I was at an event last summer and I, it was lunchtime and it was beautiful weather here in Calgary. So I thought I'm going to go sit outside and, you know, just enjoy the sun. And there was a little boy in the playground and he was going up and down the slide and his dad was saying, okay, we should get ready to go. And he's like, no, I'm not ready to go yet. And he goes down the slide and then he stops and he looks, he comes, he runs up to me. He says, are you watching me? And I said, yes, I am. And he ran and he went over and he went up and down the slide about five times up and down the slide. And he ran by again. And he looked at me and just that glimmer. When I saw Jack, I was like, oh, oh, hi. And I could just instantly feel him. I'm sitting there thinking, no, 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 don't cry. We're wearing mascara. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. And he kept going up and down the slide and his dad's just like, I don't know what this is. And he's like, are you watching me? I'm going to go faster. Are you watching me? Are you watching me? And I said, yeah. And this went on for about 15, 20 minutes. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm almost crying and I'm laughing and I'm thinking, sure. oh, God, what an incredible gift. And then he came by one more time and he just kind of gave me a, a cheeky grin. And I said, that was awesome. And he said, yeah, and he just kind of looked at me and it was just, he was just this beautiful little creature in that moment. And I was just like, oh my God, that's my son. And then he shifted. He's like, I'm hungry. I'm tired. I thought we were going home. And his dad's like, finally. And so it was, it was just, 
it was the most amazing thing. And so I always, you know, I always tell people, you know, from the spiritual standpoint, just to be open to the possibility. And even if, even if my world doesn't resonate with people, that's okay too. Just yes. be open to the possibility that you can still connect, that there's there's more after this life, that that love never dies, that connection is always there. Just be open, be curious is what I invite people. Curious. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing that you, you just, that just popped in my head of like this fantastic moment. And first I, I want to just validate, this is such a beautiful memory that you're sharing with me. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, but recognizing that sometimes um, people, it may not resonate for all people. So me and my husband do not see I, the same in regards to spirit. And <laughs> it wasn't until recently, uh, recently being probably within the past two years, so four years into his death, that I've been very overt about our TJ signs. Because now that um, TJ's siblings are ranging between um, seven years to 17 months. So <laughs> now it's fun because they play a part of his signs. Oh, let's look at this, this, this. And uh-huh. my husband is like, what, he just recently started paying attention. I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like we're doing this. You know, this is how we're parenting. This is, I'm not changing anything for, for this. So it's taken him, now he's like, okay, now I get, it. okay, I get it. I got to embrace it. This is how the family is going to be. Yeah. And yes, this is how the family is going to be yeah. um, in regards to our, our signs and TJ. And so I think it's, it's sometimes people may not understand and that's okay too, but you keep on your path of whatever that is going to look like for you um, unapologetically, whether your partner or your family member don't mm-hmm. acknowledge it. Um, you have a village of people that will celebrate you at you know, whatever way you want to incorporate that. I love that. And thank you for sharing that. That is so, so important. And, you know, I always tell people, you know, <clears throat> growing up, I, I've, I've seen spirits since I can remember. I call them the see-through people. It's just, it's just always been a part of my life. And <clears throat> my ex-husband was, no, you should go back and get your psychology degree. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's like, no, this, this woo-woo stuff, right? And I mean, years ago, we didn't have TV shows and books and we didn't have people talking about it. And um, I always, I, I just, I love to, I love what you said there because it's just being unapologetically you. It's just, I tell people, this is just what I do. If you, yeah. if you want to know more, great. If you don't, that's okay too. And I, I love what Louise Hay would say. She would say, I will gladly reach down my hand to help someone up. But as soon as I start to feel a tug, bye. Yeah. We all have to find our own truth. And what and what I know in my heart was true for me is that Jack lives on. He's 10. He's fabulous. And we can all connect. And it, it just depends on how open and available we are to that. Yes. And I honor, I honor people from all walks of life, all belief systems. I honor all of it. I always tell people if that resonates, if that's true for you in your heart. don't give it up. Don't question it. Run with it. Embrace it. Love it. And yeah, live and let live. And I love that. What are, what are TJ's signs? Would you, would you share? Yeah. So recently a big, a big sign of ours that has presented itself within the past year and a half is a smiley face. (laughs) So we have a smiley face like everywhere. And it's, it's funny how one day it just kind of came to me and was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a smiley face. I also get um, butterflies. These are my butterfly J earrings. Love those. Those are gorgeous. Oh, um, hearts. 
we get blue jays we get cardinals um the moon also and it's like a full moon and his siblings now have been like look there's i can't remember we were actually watching a video the other day and it um you know right when a movie comes on the production name always pops on first and there's this production company i don't know what the name is right now but it's a moon and a full moon and a boy that looks like he's fishing i gotta send you the i gotta send you the the video and it was going on. I was like, and I, I saw it and I was like, this is the first time I ever saw it. And I was like, wow. And one of his brothers, the four-year-old Tyson was like, mommy, there's TJ in the moon. And I was like, oh my gosh, got it on camera because he kept on repeating it. So you're going to, you're going to see oh, it. Oh, like, yeah. You have to send it. That is so proud. So the moon and then the stars. So, mm-hmm. and, and the siblings, TJ's siblings are big on that. Um, and they love pointing out the full moon and, oh, there's the TJ stars. And so, yeah, so those are just a few of ours. I love that. I think that that is just so, so sweet. I love it. It was funny about, mm, I want to say about a year ago, I started seeing blue butterflies everywhere. Like I saw someone that had blue butterflies on their shirt and then I saw like stuff on my Instagram. And then, um, I had a client who booked in and she had like blue butterfly necklace or something, a piece of jewelry. And I just kept seeing blue butterflies. Blue, blue. And then I, I was in a meditation and then Jack was like, it's me. And they were everywhere. And so I, I added that to, to my tattoo. Um, and it was cool. The day that I went to go get it, he was there and all I could see were butterflies. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just so cool. It's just, I I love it when people can experience the spirit world because it's, it's magical. It's possibilities. It's, it's, yeah. You know, and I always tell people that by making the connection with Jack again, I mean, Jack is marinating in unconditional love. That's all he's a part of energetically, those magical, beautiful energies. And so I always tell people I wouldn't have been able to heal if I hadn't connected with him because not having that connection, I just felt so lost. It's like, I I was just like the shell of myself. I mean, I would, you know, get up and do the things and it was kind of like Groundhog Day. It was this and this and this, and it's just, there wasn't really any, any real joy in my life. And so I realized, um, probably about three, four years ago, that joy and and grief can coincide, right? Like I have moments of joy in my life. And then sometimes it's like, I just, I have other, other aspects that pop in and remind me that, yeah, there's still a soft spot there. There's still pain. Yes. And sometimes a moment can literally hold them at the same time, right? (laughs) Oh, yes. Right. Yes. Yes. You know, that's, that's really important. I think because, um, Yeah. Thank you for saying that because I can, I've experienced, okay, I'm joyful here. And then I'm like angry here. I'm joyful here. And then I'm really sad here. And then having them both at the same time. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Now tell us again, uh, TJ's coffee. Would you share what TJ's coffee? And I'm so glad that you brought that up too. Um, So you, you mentioned during our time that, you know, you weren't, suicidal but you didn't want to be here and and that was something that that was so accurate for for me and I mean some days even it's hard and I think you know when things are so heavy I'm like oh I just need to reset 
and then the bet that's the best way to put it reset in in what i'm feeling at that given moment and in the early days it was right the first week that i came home from um from the hospital um i was in bed curtains drawn and it was probably um the early morning um and my mom happened to be staying with us um, for a few weeks so that she could support with our uh, TJ's um, older sibling. Um, but I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything. And um, my husband tried luring me out of bed with um, a coffee. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, I know um, when you're ready, I'm going to put it here. And when you're ready, here is coffee. Mm-hmm. And coffee was such an experience that I always had. Um, I've loved coffee um, ever since college. And um, through um, all of my pregnancies, I would allow myself one cup of coffee. And specifically while pregnant with TJ, I'd always go to the Starbucks that was down the block from us. So it was my little reset for the day of, oh, here we're going to have some coffee. And um my husband said, you know, on that given day, whenever you're ready. And I sat there and I find when I was finally ready, I had my coffee. And so it was something that he would do for the first week. And I started thinking just about retaking a moment that used to bring me so much joy and really just holding on to it. So in that first week, it allowed me to have that, that reflection time of, of thinking that this is the moment, this is the time of the day that I'm going to get out of bed and I'm going to do it with TJ and this coffee and be present in the intention of that moment. And it has evolved now coming six years later of always starting my day with my TJ coffee and always with my intention of him in mind. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, a five or like a five second reflection. And sometimes it's, you know, an hour or, or longer reflection. And I take pictures of these TJ coffees and these moments so that I can honor him. And it's evolved to people all over the world taking pictures of their TJ coffee or their morning coffee. And we do toasts for TJ and their child and their children from all over the world. And <laughs> it's, it's, the way it's so important so so another sign has become a tj coffee and i share that with the community because no matter how awful of a day or a moment you have you you're not alone you can pull up your coffee your tea your your water and and be present in your grief with your love of that child or that that the the one individual that's not with you and you can solely get out of bed in that moment, in that love, in whatever way you can know that you're never alone in this. So that's a little bit about the TJ coffee. I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I think that that for me, that summarizes everything that you do to ensure that women don't feel alone, that they can feel that love that you mentioned, you know, they can have that moment of joy and I, I love that you're you're a, a way shower that something so deeply painful can happen. And then 
would you say that we start to look for the moments of joy again? Is that what that navigates helps us to navigate? That that yes, I mean, I, I definitely think so. And, and the the one thing that you actually just reminded me of is uh, eventually I would make all of my coffee orders, all of my orders actually in TJ's name. So um, I am a Starbucks gal. So I they have a Starbucks app and when you order, you can order in that name. And so I order in TJ's name. So every time I go to Starbucks or every time I go to any coffee place, I hear his name shouted and just like as, like as it should be. So going back to your question of, do you search for those moments of joy? It has become the the pulling force for me that I, that I share out also with the community, because you should hear the beautiful name of your loved one. You should. So (gasps) why not have this moment, get your coffee in Jack's name? Yep. Done. From this moment. Can I get a name for the order? It's Jack. Yes. Oh my God. Done. We are creating a movement. Yes. Yes. I, wow. Wow. That's huge, right? And it's- I'll reshare that reel that I have today just because you just reminded me that I should be always sharing that because it's important. Yeah, it is should important. should a loved one's name. Yes. And just because it make, may make other people uncomfortable, it's not about them. It's about us. We should hear their name. They're beautiful names. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. I absolutely love that. I'm going to have so much fun with that. What's the table under? It's under Jack. I yes. Be, I could be Jack, right? It's Jack. Yes. You know, can people yes. be like- what? What are you talking about? It's easier to spell than Shauna, right? Like all yes, the variations of that. It's easier. I love that. Oh my gosh. And how fun, how fun is that? I mean, I can yeah. only imagine how fun that would be for, for TJ siblings. Oh yeah. They love it mm-hmm. because we, we allow them to go get, you know, little croissants at Starbucks. And then um, during the winter, winter, we get, we let them get hot chocolate. Oh, it's TJ's hot chocolate. Oh, let's TJ's order. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I I just I absolutely love that. Um, I I think that I think that the work you do is is vital. It's so important, and yeah. I just I thank you so much for sharing your heart and your story. And thank you for giving me the space to oh my gosh. that and to hang out with Jack and your your you know your energy and. Yeah, it, it was it was absolutely amazing. And and thank you for sharing your beautiful boy with us, TJ. Yeah, everyone, you need to go and get your your latte, your whatever you're gonna get in in your child's name. That yes. and then they need to tag us on Instagram. That yes, please do. Yeah, find us. And now how can people find you? Let's let's make sure we include Yeah, on Instagram, I am still birth mama fighting for light. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, in addition to, I mean, I'm, I'm really vocal on, on social media. That's the best place to find me. And, um, I share all of our advocacy work and I also support return to zero hope for a people of color support group, pregnancy and infant, um, loss, uh, support group as well. So Oh, that's beautiful. And we, we will have everything in the show notes for everyone. Fantastic. We'll have all the links and everything. Again, thank you. This was a such a beautiful conversation and I look forward so to I look forward to our relationship and yes. and continuing to, you know, watch our boys grow up on the other side. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Dominique, for sharing your story, your heart, and your beautiful boy TJ. All of Dominique's contact info will be in the show notes. 
Be sure to follow her on Instagram at stillbirthmama fight for light. You can find me on Instagram at Shauna DeMallon Medium or visit my website at livealifeyoulove.org where you'll find my offerings, including my Growing Up in Heaven program that teaches you step-by-step how to make the connection with your son or daughter on the other side. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time here on the Oracle of Light.